Good evening. Welcome to the PSI podcast. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI basic as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the PSI basic as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psibasicseminar.com. The topic for the training tonight is letting go of the past with PSI facilitator, Tim O'Kelly. Tim started his journey in personal growth in 1988 when he attended all of the PSI courses. He made a decision to make this his life's work and became a trainer in 1991. He is passionate about parenting and loves personal development. Tim, are you with us? I am. I am. Thank you, Kat. Thank you very much. Um, and, and, and thank you, you know, PSI seminars for, you know, for allowing me to do these, you know, especially, especially this one. And I think I say that to every one of them because the, the topics that I get are, are so important, um, and, and mean uh, so much. And, uh, to be able to come on here and to do my craft, to do what I love, I, I just want to make sure that I'm uh, appreciative of that. Um, because every time I do one of these, of course, uh, I'm working on myself too. So, and, and this topic, uh, that we have, uh, tonight is, is a huge a topic and, and it's challenging in that it's not a, you know, it's not a technique. It's, it's not something that, uh, you're going to do when you get off of the, the call tonight and, you know, um, visualizations and, and relaxation and things like that. This is a, a massive topic. And, um, I don't know if anybody remembers the, uh, the shock jock Howard Stern. Um, Howard Stern was on an interview just the other night. And if anybody remembers how he was back in the day, uh, he was brutal. He was rough. And, uh, Howard Stern was on an interview with Anderson Cooper not long ago. And Anderson Cooper said, you know, Howard, you have changed. And, and, and I would agree to that. If you see how he is now, compared to how he was, he said, you have changed. And he said, most people never change. And he said, so how did you, how did you change? And to hear Howard Stern say uh, that he believes that nobody ever changes their life without some serious self-assessment. And he said, when he started doing self-assessment work, um, things begin to change, not overnight, over time. And, um, and that's so true. Uh, the idea of looking inward and being committed to making those changes uh, inside, uh, not easy for most people. And especially this topic, you know, but I, I tell you what, anybody who's willing to take this topic on, just congratulations, kudos to you. Um, because this idea of letting go of the past to me is like, it's like cooking a great, uh, dinner. Um, the actual cooking of the dinner is fairly easy. Um, all the prep work that goes into it is the laborious, uh, somewhat boring, you know, tedious work. Um, of all the, you know, the chopping the vegetables, the cleaning and everything. And that's very similar to this topic. I believe letting go of the past is fairly simple. What I don't believe is so simple is getting to that place where I want to let go of the past. And, you know, you, you might think as you hear that, well, no, I mean, that would be for everybody that I want to let go of the past. Maybe, maybe not uh, as we sit and just think about it for a moment. And because what I want to do here is I've got to put a couple of pillars in place for this all to, to come together uh, tonight. Um, and so one of the pieces that I want to put in place is the idea of how our mind basically works. 
uh, and this is going to be very simplistic. I, I, I hope you can appreciate that, even though it's very, very complex, is our, our mind basically is absolutely committed to our survival. It's committed to keeping the species alive. And everything that we do basically lines up behind that. Um, that we are here to, to survive. So to survive, I must stay safe, uh, not go out and get killed, not go out and get hurt. And that's what our mind is very, very clever at doing is making sure that we're safe, making sure that we're protected, making sure that we are in control. So why? So we can keep the species moving forward. Okay. So Control and safety are huge. And so the next part, and I'll tie back in with, with, with what I just said. Now we've got to take, take a look at perspective. What is a perspective, right? Perspective, very simply, is the way that you and I see something. Our, our viewpoint, um, our, our, our opinion, right, of how something works or why something works. Okay, so we all have perspectives. I, in the basic course, I love to to do this pretty early in the opening. Is I ask people, you know, how many of you prefer to have your toilet paper roll, you know, go off the, you know, the top and and then come down in front? And there, many people raise their hand, and, and inevitably, I'll get some people in every class to say, no, that's not a perspective. That's the way it's supposed to be. And then other people laugh, and then there are some people in the room that are like, oh no, no, that is the way that it's supposed to be. And then some prefer to go back, you know, along the wall there. And then some people go, no, that's not my perspective at all. And then I'll say, so your perspective is not to even put it on the roll. It's to set it on the counter. And then everybody's laughing, right? We actually have a perspective of how toilet paper should go on. Um, we have a perspective of how the world should be. We have perspectives of how men should be, how women should be. How We have a perspective about money, how easy it is to make money, how hard it is to make money. And so we have these perspectives. We're made up of perspectives. Everything issues forth from our perspective, meaning the decisions that you and I make today, most of them, and they are saying 90 to 96% of the decisions we make today, how we show up today are coming from our perspective, right? Perspectives are in the subconscious part of us. These are our rules to life. This is what we believe to be so. So now we get to letting go of the past. Well, the one thing the mind does for our control and for our safety is whatever our perspective is, then what our mind is going to do is to validate our perspective. Our results validate our perspective. Okay, It doesn't want us to be wrong. And if you look at that in your life, how right we are, how right we want to be. OK, um, I, I say this in class, you know, you can have a great relationship or you can be right. And, you know, that usually gets into to people pretty well that I can be right, meaning I'm right, you're wrong. Which the biggest price we're going to pay is relationships, right? So when we have a perspective about something, our mind will validate it. Our mind will see that in the world. Let me give you an example. My mother. Um, growing up with my mother, my mother was the most negative human being on the planet. Oh, no, no, don't argue. I got, I win this one, okay? Um, the most negative person on the planet. And when I started doing work back in the, my very first class was in 1988, Long Beach, California, my boss, uh, Ron Newman, uh, asked me to do the basic course in 1988. And when I started doing work, especially more in the advanced trainings, I noticed something phenomenal is that my mother started to change. I know, I know it sounds very, very strange. My mom didn't take the classes. When I started doing work, my mom started to change. Meaning that I saw her do things different. And what I finally realized was my mom never changed. I know that sounds, might take a while to get your head around that one. My mom never changed. I did. And when I could see a different perspective of my mother, 
what my mind would do would be to validate that. But before, my mom could do three or four things when I went over to her house that were caring, that were loving. I couldn't see them. Right? I, could, I couldn't see them. It's like if you have a guy at work or a girl at work that you know always screws up, and that's your perspective, that's really all you'll ever see. They can do three or four things, really get there early, do some great things, and, and you won't see them. They're not on your radar because what's on your radar is your perspective, which is they always screw things up. So what you will see is when they screw up the printer or something. And that the purpose for that is to you, for you to validate what you believe. So when I started to change my perspective, I saw different aspects of my mother and found out Unfortunately, after so many years, my mother is a very, very caring human being. I just could never see it. So if you're driving down the street and you're hungry, what your brain is actually doing for you is showing you the establishments on the street that you know already. So you see two golden arches, whether you like it or not, you will know that there is, there's hamburgers there and they're pretty much made the same way in, in all those establishments. Most fast food restaurants, all the same colors is white, yellow, and red, because they pop out in your mind. Now, what about all the other buildings, you know, there on the street? Well, you some way know they're there, but it's almost like they're grayed out, right? So now, four days later, you drive down that same street. You're well-fed, but your car's not working properly. What does your brain do? It will show you the places of maybe seeing the commercials on TV, Amco, a uh, tire place. What about the restaurants? They're there, but they're grayed out. Okay, so your brain is constantly validating what you're looking for and what you believe. Okay, so now what's that have to do with letting go of the past? If there are some things that have happened in your past that you feel somebody wronged you, and that is your perspective, then you're going to be right about that, that they were wrong. And that's your brain working for you. That's what it's supposed to do. If that is your perspective that they wronged you. So then this idea would be thrown at you of letting go of the past. And then people go, well, no, there's nothing to let go because they, they did me wrong. And so if I were to let go of they did me wrong, who would I be? I mean, how would I think? So, so we can be so comfortable in our perspectives, even if they're negative, even if they're hurtful. We can be so comfortable in them. So the idea of letting go of the past really takes, I would say, a pretty enlightened mind to be willing to take on this topic, to be willing to go against basically how our mind works is for us to always be right about something. So, um, I think once someone really gets to the place of, I'm ready, I, want, I really want to let go, um, and I would think it would be because the results in their life are not what they want them to be, and they see that their past plays a huge part in that. And when a person gets to that place of, this is not okay anymore, uh, most people, of course, never change until there's enough pain, right, or pain meaning the results that they want aren't happening. So if they get to a place of, I'm not making the money I want to make, I'm not having the love that I want to have in my life, I don't have the health. When someone can really get honest with themselves and see that life is not working, and then they see that the past has a huge part to play in that, then they can move into actually letting go of it. Now, so one more point I want to bring up is this whole idea of story, okay? Um, I think... It's just another way to say perspective, but I think it's okay that we use it. Uh, a story is exactly that. It's a story that we make up about an event, okay? Uh, another word that you could use is, um, it's just uh, slipping by my, interpretation, there it is. Interpretation of an event, okay? So now let's start bringing all this together is, Something that happened in your past is very simply is what we call in this work an event. My dad left when I was four. Um, you know, the first girl I ever asked to go steady, she said yes. And then two weeks later, she throws the ID bracelet in my face and, and, and breaks up with me and then reaches down and holds a hand of my best friend and they date. 
So these, these moments that we have, right, these are what we call events. And then what we do is we almost instantly begin the creation of a story of what that event means. So when we look at letting go of the past, it's not actually letting go of the past because we even think of those words together. You don't you cannot actually let go of the past. It's really letting go of the story of the past. So when it comes to this idea of letting go of the past, we've got to take these events and really look at what part of that event is really affecting my life right now. And then in this work, in the basic course, the life success course, right, men's leadership, women's leadership, what you'll start to do is understand the story that you have made up and how your mind is validating that story through your results. And then what you can start to do is alter the story. Now, I'm going to be really, really clear tonight on one thing, that this is not going to be done tonight. It's not going to be done at home. It's not going to be done alone. I truly believe that. Live classes that we have is where it's got to happen, where you're working with other people and you're working with these concepts and you realize you're not alone. Everybody has stories. And the process that you'll go through in a live training is a process that you're not going to go through at home. Okay. So my first recommendation is if you're really serious about letting go of the past, let tonight maybe just motivate you to Get out your calendar, get on the internet, book yourself a seat, and really get to work, all right? So what we can do here tonight is to go into what I just talked about. So um, the idea of an event taking place and then us creating a story, what runs your life, what runs my life is not actually the event. It wasn't my dad leaving. It wasn't the ID bracelet being thrown back in my face. That's called the event. What means everything is our interpretation of that event. Our meaning to the event. That's what runs our life, not actually the event. It's the story. So what is the story? So my father left at four. I don't remember when I created the story. You know, I, I just don't go back that far and remember that. Yet, when I got into trainings and started looking at it, I could see that it was very evident that one of the stories I created was that my dad didn't love me. Okay? I understand, that's my belief. That's my story. Is it true? It doesn't even matter if it's true. It's true to me. Once it's true to me, it becomes a part of me, right? So my dad didn't love me. Let's go further underneath that. Well, why? Well, I don't know. Well, your mind is going to have to make up something. So what mine came up with is he didn't love me because something's wrong with me. Why else would a father leave a son? Right. Something's wrong with me. And I never really got clear on, you know, it was this or this. I just knew something was wrong with me. I'm, I'm, I'm deficient. I'm lacking in something. Okay, so there's part of my story that I'm lacking in something. Something's wrong with me. Take it very personal. What did I make a decision about my father and my mother? Okay, my father left. My mother left via drugs and alcohol, right? Valiums and drinking to cover the pain, all right? I know these are heavy, but this is what happens. And so I created a story that neither one of my parents really loved me. So I have done something seriously wrong, right? When kids come into the world, you've heard this before, uh, egotistical. Everything revolves around them. Well, the problem with that is they also take things very personal too. What did I 
create a story about when things get tough as a man, when things get tough, what do you do? Leave. Okay. So this was my model. All right. And so I created these stories. And then what happens is, remember I said 90 to 96% of everything we do come from these stories. So how this affects my life is now, as I get older, with a belief that I'm broken and something's wrong with me. Then I ask Allison Barry to go steady. All right. And she says, yes, I'm on top of the world. Right. I'm on top of the planet. I'm the happiest kid you can imagine. Two weeks later, she throws her ID bracelet back in my face, reaches down and holds a hand in front of mine. Boom. Story time. So now what I've got is I'm not good enough. I know I'm good because she said, yes, we were together for a bit, but obviously I'm not good enough for her to stay. I mean, and I was like, no, I'm not making up a story. That's the truth. Okay. You understand that's my story and it doesn't matter if it's true or not out there. It matters if I believe that it's true. Okay. So now I'm not good enough. Something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm not loved. Start adding these up when I'm very, very young. And I'll do one final one and show you how all that goes together. My uncle, who was very, very successful, very wealthy, uh, we would go to his mansion uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, about three times a year during the big holidays. And he would fly in everybody, all family, Easter egg hunts on a mansion, lived in the Getty Mansion. Um, you imagine Christmas with that kind of a life? I mean, my mom was single mom, didn't make much money, struggled. But man, we'd go to his house like euphoria. So all of a sudden he dies when I'm very young. And over the next six years, six to seven years, I watched all of those family members that I thought loved each other fight over his money in court. And I could see my mom sitting at the table. I can see it right now, sitting at the table crying because in the will she got left out. And she was gonna, she was expecting quite a bit. And that's what she was expecting her life to be, to be better is when she got that money. She got nothing. My mom never, I mean, my, my dad never paid anything either. So there was a lot of pain around money. She's sitting at the table with a pencil in her hand, the bill stacked up, not enough money to pay in pain. So what did I do? I create a story that having a lot of money causes pain. The family never got back together, right? So having a lot of money causes pain. So now with these stories, off I go to live my life. Most of our stories are created by six years old. Most of the significant stories that we create about ourselves, about people, about the world, about everything by six years old. So now as I start, you know, getting older and, and my first job, right, I got paid and my mom got part of it. What did I do with my money? I spent it, spent it all and then realized, oh, wait a minute, I get paid again. So. I worked really hard, got paid again, spent it, worked real hard, got paid, right? So that went on. When I was asked to go to the basic course, I couldn't afford the basic course. I'm 28 years old. I couldn't afford it. Ron paid for it, and I paid him back over a couple months. And what I never saw was what I was doing. Why was I spending all my money when my best friend saved money? And I couldn't figure out why he was, I mean, he was boring. I know that. <laughs> I was exciting when always spending money. And he would save money. I couldn't figure out why. And what I realized when I started doing this work is this story that I created that having a lot of money causes pain. So what would I do with money? What would I do with money when I got it? Right? This is what our mind will do. It will validate whatever our perspective is. So having a lot of money causes pain. What would I have to do? I'd get rid of it. I'd push it away. I'd push it away by spending it. Okay. Now, let's go back to uh, the girl, right, Allison Berry. The story I created was, I'm not good enough. Girls are mean. And then the way to never have pain again is to never fall in love again. Never fall like that again. Never let a woman hurt me like that again. So, of course, you imagine what I was like when I started dating. Oh, I want to have fun. Oh, let's go have fun. Yep. When it got serious, oh, no, no, because you're not going to hurt me. And so I would be walled up. 
That's exactly what my mind is doing. I never did this intentionally, but I would be very, very walled up and I would not put all of my heart into it because when you leave, I'm still going to be okay. Now notice what I just said. When you leave, I never ended a relationship, never ended a relationship. Why? Because it doesn't fit because my perspective of girls are mean. So I would be in it, shut down, wanting to have everything else that goes along in a relationship. You probably know what I'm talking about. I would never leave and it would get miserable. And they would finally leave. And I said, what? See, girls are mean. So these stories are what's running our life, not what the person did. And I know that might take time to wrap our head around, but it's what happens. Now, the beautiful thing about this work, please, please, let's all hear this. The beautiful thing about this work is the one thing you can change is not the event that happened, but what you have the power to do is to change, alter, transform your story. When you alter and transform your story, guess what your mind does for you? It will validate it. It will find the evidence in this world to validate what you believe. So your previous belief, validate that. Your current new belief, it will validate that. Because here's what I want to really end this part of the teaching, and then I can really get into it with specific questions, is you made up something about that event. You made it up. You made up a perspective. You made up a story. You can make up another one. Okay. No event has an inherent meaning to it. And that's some advanced work that you're going to do. And I don't expect anybody who's not done advanced work to really understand that right now. But there is no inherent meaning to any story, meaning that all Little boys, when dad leaves, you must believe this. No, that's not what happens. When someone dies, it doesn't come with a belief that we must all believe. That is our job, and that is our right, is to create what that means. That I'm never going to have someone like that again. I'm never going to be loved. Like We start making up these stories. So letting go of the past is really not letting go of the past. I hope you know what I'm saying. It's letting go of the story of the past. Now, going back to what I started with this, is there's a part of you that doesn't want to let it go. There's a part of you that doesn't want to let it go because you believe that you're right about the story. And that's the most difficult part of this, I believe, is getting to that place of being willing to honestly change the way you think. Mr. Wilhite, the man who created this course, these courses, Mrs. Wilhite, he said that, well, anybody can change the way they think. But will they keep those thoughts changed? That's the struggle. Is being willing to let go of being right. Okay? So... That's what you can do in this work. And I promise you, when you see people and you come in and do this work, and I'm not talking about one class. It's, it's not. This takes time to do the work, to do the journey. When someone changes the story of the past, that's when you see them change their life. To have relationships that work. To have relationships that function. To be able to save money. To be able to have money, right? To be able to be healthy, to get rid of illnesses that we thought we actually had, right? And that's the most beautiful part of this work is when you see people really, really changing the course of their life by letting go of the story of the past. All right, so now I'd love to get more into this with, with some specific questions, Kat, if you're ready to do that, please. We have quite a few questions on this call. And before we go into questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to bring your best to your life, 
The basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to expand yourself beyond what you previously thought possible. At the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams. It's an experiential class where you'll be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. Now, our first question here is from DT, who wants to know uh, what are some steps to take for moving forward when there has been no closure? Mm. Okay, good good question. Uh, um, how to move forward when there is no closure? Okay, so if we just go back to the model, okay, you know, and, and I'm not exactly sure what is meant because we all have interpretations of, of words and, and, and things. So when you talk, DT, about closure, um, I'm not real sure of what you mean by that. So bear with me when I give just my simple understanding of closure to this. Um, closure is a perspective. So some people will talk about closure when there is a, maybe a death and you weren't there, you know, at the time of the loss um, and you didn't get to say what you wanted to say or they didn't get what they wanted to say. And then we feel like there was no closure. We never got to talk about it. Um, and, and that can be in a, a lot of different events in a relationship. There wasn't closure. Um, so we go back to the model here that I just brought up to is the story. So it's possible the story that you have is that you have to have closure or that your closure has to involve somebody else. And that very well could be a story that you have made up. So do you actually have to have closure with another person? So I would, I would invite you to look at that. And if that person is not even available for closure, then how can you have closure just with yourself? Okay. So whatever closure means to you, you can do that with yourself. And one of the tools that uh, you can use in, in the basic course is, is a, a tool called Workshop that um, you can use that to have closure on anything. Um, closure is your final decisions, your final thoughts, your final wishing well, your finals letting somebody go. Um, your final perspective on the whole thing, on the whole relationship. So going back to what we just talked about is the story you have. You can begin working on that story in this work of you don't have to have them here. You don't have to have that moment where they are here. You can do this with yourself and you can do it in an exercise called workshop that you are good and whatever thoughts you have that are holding you back as far as moving forward, those are the thoughts that you can change. Because if I can be so bold here, and, and please uh, uh, understand, I hope the spirit in this, DT, you are the problem. And DT, you are the solution. Please hear that. Please hear that last part. You are the solution. Okay, you can bring closure to anything yourself and create thoughts that are propelling, create thoughts that are exciting. Okay, 
All right, Kat, another question. All right, next from TV. Can I ever truly let go of my past? I want to forgive myself for my mistakes. How do I do that and move on? Mm. Got it. Forgive myself for my mistakes. Okay, so that's one I want to touch on real quick. Um, in this work, TV, what you will see, and it's not because I tell you this, you will see that there is nothing you could have done different back then. There is nothing that you could have done different, period. Let me explain. For whatever you think your mistakes were, you could not have done anything different back then based on your perspective, based on your stories about you, about life, about the world. You could not have done anything different based on how you were thinking then. That only comes later on when we go, oh, I could have, I should have. And that, that can beat ourselves up because the reality is, no, you couldn't. You couldn't have done anything different. The only thing you could have done back then was to change your thinking, which would have produced a different emotion, produced a different behavior. So one of the ways you can start forgiving yourself from these mistakes that you've said is that there was no mistake. You made choices, TV. And honestly, when you made those choices, did you believe those choices would work out? I'll answer that for you. Yes. You really did believe that they would work out. So when you look at a mistake, it's just, that's the story in itself, right? You made choices that didn't produce the result you wanted. And in this work, what you'll start to see is this idea of to think is to create. Okay. So if I produce a result that I don't like, or if I produce a result that is unfavorable. If I produce a result, what I mean by result, if, I, if, if I'm in a relationship that's not working the way I want it to, if I'm producing not, not the money that, that I want to, if I'm struggling financially, if I produce a result I don't like, and if to think is to create, if that's true, if that's valid, and I create something that's unfavorable, what do I have to do? I have to change the way I think. And that's why results are so, so, so good as far as feedback goes. So look at the so-called mistakes and the thinking that generated those mistakes, as you call them. And then the only thing that you can do, TV, is to alter, transform the way you think. That's what you can do. Okay, so beating ourselves up from the past is just a way to stay in a guilt trip, if you will. So come to the courses, and, and, and I'm not sure, TV, what, what courses you have done, and it doesn't really matter at this point. Get back in with that mindset of what thinking must I alter for me to produce different results? And my recommendation, TV, is stop beating yourself up because you couldn't have done anything different. You decided to quit college. At that moment, you truly believed that was a good choice, okay? And then if you do enough work, <laughs> and I'm not joking when I say this, if you do enough work, you'll actually be able to look back and realize that, and let me just use that. I'm just making that, I don't know you, so I'm not saying you quit college. Um, is when you can look back and that decision of leaving college, you can actually look at it and realize that that was a good choice. It really was in the big picture. I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. If you've ever been in a, a relationship and it really goes bad, right? And, and you're like, oh my God, this, this was my life. I will never have a relationship like this. I made the biggest mistake of my life. Oh my God. And you feel so horrible and the relationship ends. 10 years later, you look back. You're like, thank God I got out of that relationship. True. Have you ever done that before? I bet you have. Uh, Garth Brooks wrote a great song. And the title of the song is Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. <laughs> Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. That in the big picture, TV, those choices that you made, 
were great choices. That's what's that's what's possible in this work. All right. Okay, cat. Next up from AA. How do I let go of the past if there's an overwhelming feeling of regret and resentment? Ah, good one. Um, you know, and, and it sound like a broken record here, yet regret is a story. Resentment comes from a story. Okay. So regret beating yourself up, regret for not doing something or regret for doing something. That is all. Uh, have you ever heard uh, of um, someone who says that they were abandoned? Okay. We hear this a lot in courses. And when they really look at it, they'll see that that idea of being abandoned is a story. They actually weren't abandoned, right? My dad didn't abandon me, right? That's part of our story. And how do we feel when we say abandoned, right? My dad was here one moment. I was here one moment. The next moment, my dad was over here, right? Was it something I wanted? No. And nothing in this world when we're young is ever going to turn out absolutely the way that we want it, right? He made a choice. And I wasn't abandoned. I was with my friends. I was with my mom. I was right. So we, we create these stories, abandonment, right? Um, stories of that someone hurt me. You hear this one all the time. Someone broke my heart. And when you come into this work, you're going to see, if you're open to it, you're going to see that no one can hurt you. The only way someone can hurt you is physically. The largest organ on the human body is our skin. You know, someone pokes us, we feel it. So we get a cut, we feel it. But as far as our emotions go, and I'll be honest with you, straight up right now, most people are not ready for this, this thought, this idea. Is your emotions are tucked away cleverly inside your subconscious mind. Meaning that no one can get to them but you. You're the only one that has access to your emotions. No one can hurt your emotions. No one can make you feel bad. And maybe put some light on it here. Um, you ever been in a car with your buddies, friends, and a song comes on, and you're like, pumped, turn up that song, right? Doesn't it seem like the song made me happy? I mean, because it happened so fast, right? You hear another song. You're like, turn that, I hate that song, turn that song up. Like that song made me feel that way. That's a very common thought process in this world. Is that something on the outside can make me feel this. Someone calls you a name. They devastated me. Right? They hurt me so deeply. And what you're seeing more and more now is what a fragile society we have become. That we are so fragile and because it's this story and belief that people, words, can hurt us. And in reality, what you're going to see is that that does not happen. So let's go back to the song, right? So let's have a picture of a, a CD over here and then a, a, your heart over here, okay? So song plays, there's something in between the DVD player or the CD player and your heart, meaning your emotions. There's always something in between. What is it? Your perspective. Your perspective is always in between. So, so if a song comes on and you have a favorable perspective of that song, just right when you hear it, your perspective kicks in, right? Your memories, if you will, and you got married to that song, you fell in love to that song, well, by gosh, you're going to have a really favorable experience when that song's played. Song didn't do it, because you ever been in the same car and then a song comes on, some people like it, some people don't, well, then it's not the song, right? And then on, on the reverse side, if you a song is played and you don't like it, well, the song didn't make you feel that way. In between is a perspective. You got divorced to that song. You broke up to that song. You're going to have a miserable experience with that song, but the song didn't make you right? We are absolutely in control of our emotions. So when it comes to regret, 
when it comes to resent, well, you're going to do some great work in in the uh, in the basic course as far as a process, a thinking process that that has uh, resentment, that has revenge, uh, that has resistance. That's the most detrimental thought process known to human beings. It's the root of all divorce. And it's a thought process. And it shows the same thing, that when some event happened, we created a perception. The perception is either positive or it's either negative. And so if you're having a negative experience, you've got a negative story, you've got a negative perspective. That's what you can. Please hear this. That's what you can alter. The only thing a person can change is their thinking. The only thing, two things that you can train is your mind and your body. So whatever these stories are that is causing regret, that's causing pain, the one thing you can change is your story. And that's what you'll do in this work. And if you're ready to do that, seriously ready to let go of them, it's a pretty quick process. All right. All right, Kat. Next up from MR. Is there a way to hold someone accountable for their actions and still forgive them? Yeah, that's a lot in one question. Okay. So many different paths we can go here. So is it possible to hold somebody accountable? The, the problem with that, that is, um, is what are you holding them accountable for? And what I would have to do there is, do I have a right to hold somebody else accountable? The only way that I could think that I might be able to hold somebody accountable is possibly if I pay them, if they work for me. And they said that they were going to do these things, X, Y, Z, because that's part of their employment. And that's what they're paid to do. Um, what I mean by that is um, in a relationship, can you hold somebody accountable for their results, for their behavior? Okay. What right? do I have to hold somebody accountable? They have choice. They have goals. Um, maybe if I was coaching somebody and it, well, they go back to, they paid me. I always say this before you ever give advice to someone, make sure they pay you. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure exactly what you mean by to hold someone accountable. Maybe in a marriage, if someone says they're going to do this and this and this. Okay. And you say that you're going to hold them accountable to that and say that they go against one of the things that they declared or that they said. Do you make them, do you cause them to pay a price? Right? What do you get to be right about when they screw up, when they don't hold up the end of their bargain, if you will? If they cheat. So when you say hold them accountable, I would look at what story do you have about what holding them accountable means? Are you willing to forgive? Let's, let's use that example. And I know it's a really heavy one right now, but it's up for some reason. So we'll do it. If someone promises to be loyal and then they, they break that promise, is the relationship over? Now, that would be based on what? Well, that would be based on what your perspective is, is when someone is in a relationship and they cheat. Some people have a perspective that it's over immediately. Okay. Then if that's your perspective, then you will end it. Now, if your perspective is that there's something else bigger in our, our relationship Ban that. Have you seen people handle infidelity? 
I know a couple that came through this work and they were there because they were ending it and they wanted to do it somewhat civil. And in the work, they realized why they did it, the infidelity, and they worked on it and it was painful. <laughs> it is. And because of this work, they came out of it stronger than they were before those events happened. And I, when I say that, I'm talking much stronger. They live in your Belinda, California, two miles from me. We go hang out with them. It is a beautiful relationship. And they have gone through pain. So did they break their vows? Yes, they did. Did they break both of them? Break? Yes. Did they make a commitment to stay together and work on it? Yes, they did. But see, that's all based on whatever your perspective is. Is that possible? Can you forgive? And the best definition I've ever heard on forgiveness, and it's a responsible one, is to release someone of the responsibility of how I feel. To release someone of the responsibility of how I feel, meaning that if we go back to what I talked about, that event doesn't hurt you. An affair doesn't hurt you. Now, are you hurting if that's the case? Absolutely, you're hurting. But the point is, it's not that person, what they did that is hurting you. It's not the song. What's hurting you is your perspective. That that means that it's over. That means they don't love me. That means that means that means that means that means that means that means. You got it? If you're willing to alter your meaning, you're willing to alter your perspective, you can handle anything. You can handle anything. We are so, so much stronger than we think we are. This whole idea of safe spaces out there in colleges, universities, and, and schools where your, your opinion will never be challenged, your emotions will never be hurt, just go to this place, very fragile. You can handle whatever happened if you choose to, and that's a perspective. So yes, you can forgive, absolutely. All right, Kat. Next from RS, how do we not hold grudges? Um, I th I'd say the first thing we got to do is to realize that, that uh, what a grudge is um, and to, I, get, I say give ourselves a break because we did, I think when we were young, because it's been passed on from generation and generation and generation. Somebody does you wrong, right? Well, that's just it. They're wrong. You're right. And you're superior and you're going to hold on to it because we didn't know any different, really. And so to get to a point of, I think, maturity, when we go, okay, um, for me to, to let go of a grudge, I would have to look at my story on what a grudge is. Why do I hold a grudge? And basically, the, the benefit of holding a grudge is that you get to be right and that somebody's wrong. And you can carry that with you. And you can carry that in a relationship. It's not ever going to be a great one, though. I promise you that. Um, and to realize that grudges are just a way to be right. And can you forgive someone? Can you release someone of, of how you feel? Yeah, you can. And if you see the price you pay for a grudge, and that's what you'll do in the classes. So you're not going to do that at home. You're not going to do that by yourself. When you can sit and go, okay, what price do I pay by holding a grudge? Right? So what I get out of it is I get to be right, that I'm right, they're wrong. Okay, now what, what price does it come with? And it's easier for people to say, nothing. Well, once you start looking, you'll see that there's prices. What price your body pays? What price your energy pays? What price your health pays? What price your motivation pays? What price your possible next relationship pays? I mean, it's, it can be devastating. And once you see and become aware of those prices, I promise you that motivates you quickly to alter your story about it okay all right cat next from gc how do i learn how to trust my decisions great question great question um okay so the one thing i'll say about this one is if you 
have a goal, and, 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 and please translate if you need to, a goal, a dream, a vision, you know, whatever it may be, something bigger than you. If you have a goal, you have a dream. And if you have done this work and you have put it in, into your mind clearly, and one of the tools we use for that, just to make it simple, is a workshop, right? If you understand the law of intention is to take your dream, take your goal, and relax and place it into your mind so that the mind can work with it. Okay. So if you have done that, if you have a goal and you put it into your mind and you water that goal, meaning think about it daily, right? Maybe pop in the workshop, see it up there on the screen, you know, give it some love, give it some energy, uh, get more excited about that goal. Um, and then you listen to yourself and you make choices based on your gut You're doing great. You might not see that in the moment, okay? You might not see that what the choice you just made, you might think that it's it messed. Let me give you an example. Paul Allen and Bill Gates left Harvard to go open their dream. I think everybody knows this story. So what they do, they quit Harvard and opened up their own company, right? What was the name of that company? Oh, no, 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 not Microsoft. It was Trafo Data. I think it failed because of the name, to be honest with you, Trafo Data. Um, so Bill Gates, Paul Allen own a company called Trafo Data. If you ever see those little rubber tubes going across the street and cars drive over them and it have a little box over there, well, it was their dream to take collect all that data and make and give it to engineers and whatever, whatever, whatever. So this was going to be their big thing. Belly up, bankrupt. Oh yeah, bank. Look it up, <laughs> bankrupt. Paul Allen and Bill Gates, right? What did they do? They opened up another company called it Microsoft. And what they took was one thing they learned about computing. And I don't know what it is. You can look all this up. But they learned the one thing they needed to learn. And then they moved on. Very powerful story. <clears throat> so trust yourself first. Trust yourself that you have a goal, you have a dream, believe that you're connected to something much bigger, and you truly listen to yourself, all the answers that you seek are already part of you. And that's what's so great about this training is, is anybody can start to believe in themselves more and start to believe that the choices that they're making through a different mindset, they work out well. You might not see it. Now, here's one more point I want to bring up about that is say that you have a dream of having a great relationship and you have all these like, you know, great communication, uh, uh, passion, right? And so you have a lofty goal. Well, if you're not at that level, right? Um, how you show up, how you communicate, how your passion is, but you dream big. Well, here, I promise you something's going to happen. You're going to be given challenges. You're going to be given things that you have an opportunity to overcome, to mature your thinking always. So you might attract a relationship that is far from it, like almost opposite what you said you wanted. But you know what? I bet you got really clear on what you don't want, <laughs> which also helps you get clear on what you do want. That relationship served you. Then you'll attract another one that breaks up because the way you dress. And believe me. That happens for me, it did um, by my mannerisms. It just it wasn't at her level. She ended the relationship. I was devastated. What I didn't see until after, a bit after that was I changed my whole wardrobe. I really got to work on myself. That relationship served me. I'm, I'm maturing as I go on. And this is always going to happen. If you have a goal inside, and you're watering that seed, you'll be given the challenges that you need to overcome to mature your thinking at that level because we don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. And we attract what we are, meaning we attract what we think. So if you don't have that goal yet, you don't have that vision yet, you're not at that level mentality-wise. And you'll always be given what you need to mature your mentality and you might not see it in the moment. Look like, man, that, my picker's broken. I can sure pick the worst. No, you're not. You're picking exactly what you need to pick to mature. And then if you stay on course and you stay making decisions, brother, I promise you, you'll get there.
That's a law. All right, Kat? All right. Before we wrap up the call with uh, the key takeaways from your training tonight, we have quite a few people who have not yet done our classes. If you could take just a quick minute to speak on the experiential nature of our trainings and what makes that so effective for people shifting their thought process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been doing these classes since 1991, and it's just such an honor every time I walk into a room to be with people in this world who say that they want something more, that they have a dream, they have a goal, uh, they can see the relationship being better. Not that it's even broken. They want to go to a higher level. And to be in a room full of people that just say that I know there's something more. I, I don't know what. I just know it and I feel it. And then the PSI seminars, longest running seminar company, okay, 46 years we've been doing this. Not, not I haven't been there the whole time. Okay, 46 years PSI seminars have been doing this. Nobody, and uh, please hear this one. Very different than all those seminar companies, in my opinion. Nobody tells you what to do. Nobody tells you what to think. Nobody tells you you should be successful. Nobody tells you what you should do, how you should be. They're not giving you the answers. Now, some people don't like that. Some people do want to be told the answers. I want to be clear. That's not what this company does. This company provides an environment, a very healthy, safe environment for you to look at you. You will do a personal study of you. You are the problem and you are the solution, right? And it's very empowering for each person that comes in when they realize that, that all the answers I seek are a part of me and nobody here is telling me what to do, how to think. That's what PSI seminars is the absolute best at. And of course, there's different levels. You've got the basic training where you come in and my my perspective of the basic training is to come in and open our eyes and start to see what's really running the show. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do, especially when it doesn't work? And what is it that I can alter? So we open our eyes, right? And then we move forward into what's called the life success course, right? Life success course is getting out of bed. <laughs> so wake up, get out of bed and start moving in a complete different direction in our life based on what we saw and based on the breakthroughs that we have, that we start to take a different road in our life. And it's a very beautiful, very healthy road. And then we take on leadership and we get off the road and we get into a plane and fly. Um, and really create the dreams that we thought once were just dreams, that we create the relationships that we thought yeah, they're nice, but they'll never happen. And doing it with other people, too, is just a phenomenal experience. So my recommendation for everybody who's not done them, if you have a dream, if you haven't gotten cynical yet about the world, you haven't gotten cynical about positivity, you haven't gotten cynical about goals and dreams, and you're still one that has something you want, then go to all of them. Absolutely do all of them. And I hope I see you there. That's it, Kat. Awesome. Well, it all starts with the PSI Basic Seminar. If you haven't been, go to PSIBasicSeminar.com and find a location and date near you to get started. So, Tim, what are some key takeaways from our teaching tonight uh, that people can use to move forward in their lives? You are the problem. And you are the solution. You're your only solution. You are much more powerful than you probably have ever thought about. And we are made up of beliefs, viewpoints, opinions. And those beliefs, viewpoints, and opinions produce your results. The results that you have, the financial results, the quality of your relationships, your health, everything come from those perspectives, those programs, those beliefs. As long as you keep thinking the same way, you've heard it before, keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, insanity. If you keep thinking 
and you keep continuing to be right about what you believe about yourself, about the world, about everything, you're going to produce the same results. And if you're up for different results and you really want to experience different results in your lifetime, come in, take a look, do some serious self-assessment because that's the only time anybody changes their life. And take these stories, take these beliefs, these opinions, really take some time to look at them. You're the one that's going to decide if you want to keep them. You're the one that's decide if you want to let them go and you can let them go. You let go of your story of the past, you change your life. Get into a training. I hope I see you there. Awesome. What a great training tonight, Tim. This was a big subject. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. And thank you, everybody, for being on here. Thank you. Yes, thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the topic, have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. If you're getting value from the PSI podcast, don't forget to rate us and post a review on iTunes. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, October 8th with PSI facilitator Cortland Warren talking about why we do what we do. You can register now at PSILive.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's PSILive.com. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as upcoming dates and locations. That's PSIBasicSeminar.com. Thank you everyone for being on the training tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.